Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This weekly show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffman. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives, and today we're going to be talking with Holly Mareels. Holly is the York College Title IX Coordinator. We're going to let her explain that. <laughs> First of all, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. All right. Let's talk about uh, Title IX. Let's talk about what Title IX yeah. means. Yeah. Um, what what does it mean? Yeah, Title IX is, is uh, civil rights legislation that was enacted in 1972. It's Title IX of the Educational Amendments Act, and essentially it um, was laid down to prohibit prohibit uh, gender-based discrimination or sex-based discrimination in educational institutions. When it was first uh, written, the law was primarily focused on um, equality in athletics as well as professional opportunities uh, for both genders. Um, But it has really expanded since then, and the meaning and the intent of Title IX and, and some of the um, alterations to it over the years has really expanded its role and, and the scope of what Title IX covers and, and deals with. Yeah, as somebody who covered sports for a long time in my career, Title IX always meant that women got equal access to uh, right. facilities and uh, mm-hmm. to be able to play, and, and right. certainly that has been very successful. Absolutely. We've seen a huge growth yeah. in, in, in uh, women's athletics across the country. Yeah, and those efforts and, and the positive impact that it's had in those areas continues to this day, there's no doubt. Yeah. All right, but uh, let's talk about mm-hmm. Why do we need something mm-hmm. like that on a college yeah, campus? Yeah, and um, you know the the legislators who who wrote the original um, act and and has have since uh, made some alterations to it really focused on just the crucial importance of equality um, in any educational institution that receives federal funding. They just want to make sure that everyone has equal access to the same type of education, the same quality of education. And they they look at that term education in a broad spectrum, meaning everything from housing to admissions to um, academic opportunities, uh, athletics, um, residence life, just making sure that everyone has the same opportunity um, to access an education and the same opportunities as the next person in these institutions, making sure that there's not any discrimination essentially based on sex. It's a, let's say this, it's a touchy subject, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the focus um, more recently with Title IX has been on issues, some of those touchy issues, um, as you rightly allude to, uh, related to things like uh, gender-based discrimination, gender-based harassment, uh, relationship and dating violence, uh, sexual assault, rape. um, and, And Title IX has come to to uh, encompass all of that in terms of our adhering to the law and um, you know putting process in, processes in place to deal with situations if and when they do come up. So it, it, this is serious business. We're not, mm-hmm. it, it's right. not something that we should talk about lightly. Right. Let's talk a little bit. How did mm-hmm. you get to, to where sure. you are? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. uh, I, I think it's important yeah. for all of us to understand, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, what you, yeah. what's your buy-in on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and one of the things I'll, I'll say, um, 
in answer to that is I've always had a very deep passion for issues of equality and not just gender-based equality, but other types of equality. It's it's always been a passion of mine, just the importance of, of treating people equally and not discriminating or not treating someone poorly just because of a particular protected class that they're a member of or a or because we perceive they're a member of that protected class. So that's always been um, some, a passion of mine. Um, in terms of my specific experience, I worked for many, many years uh, in the mental health field. Worked in um, mental health, drug treatment, um, worked direct one-on-one -on -one with clients, supervised counselors, um, and a good portion of my career was spent working with crime victims, and then by definition, their family members and sometimes the offenders in those situations. I wasn't a counselor of offenders, but you know, kind of in that realm and, and working in conjunction with law enforcement and other local agencies that um, dealt with uh, crimes that, that may happen in the community. Um, and then most recently, I was I worked at a Wellspan for about six years in the employee assistance program there, and we worked with about 300 external companies. And a big part of my job involved training people in a whole variety of local companies about issues of workplace harassment, um, workplace uh, discrimination, and trying to prevent those things, helping people understand what constitutes workplace harassment, what constitutes potential retaliation, um, and then how... It, consulting with companies about how to remedy those situations if and when they do happen. So a lot of my previous experience kind of lends itself to a role like this. So I'm happy to be here. We are talking with Holly Mareels. Holly is the uh, York College Title IX coordinator. <clears throat> why, why would any campus need to have a Title sure. IX coordinator? Yeah, great question. Um, and and really, I think nowadays every campus probably should have a Title IX coordinator, um, just because you know, as as I was saying to Jeff earlier, um, you know, we live in the real world, and sometimes things happen. Um, sometimes very serious and potentially criminal things happen, and other times there may just be misunderstandings or miscommunications. And the idea is, you know, with having a Title IX coordinator to be able to put some standardized processes in place where if and when something happens happens if and when something goes over a line or, or uh, you know, crosses a boundary or something, that there are certain um, standardized responses on on the part of the college to make sure that we deal with it appropriately. You know, I see my role as kind of dual in the sense that I want to do as much prevention and help facilitate prevention education on campus as much as possible, but also I'm here kind of on the reactive part of it as well, if and when something does happen, to be able to make sure that um, the college in, as an institution is responding appropriately, you know, if and when something does happen. I always say, you know, we can never undo it, but how we deal with it and how we approach it and, you know, you know whether or not we treat uh, all, all parties of that situation with respect, that's important. Um, and, you know, so we'll, we do as much prevention as possible, but because we live in the real world, sometimes things happen that we still need to address after the fact. Do you see yourself sort of as an intermediary in, in some of these situations? Yeah, sometimes I am an intermediary. Um, you know, a lot of times people, um, people I've spoken with already sometimes might just have questions. Sometimes a few people have come to me and asked just hypotheticals, and I'm happy to have those conversations. Um, 
And, you know, and then something, it, sometimes if something has happened, um, I'm kind of the facilitator. You know, if, if something significant happens, if someone crosses a line or potentially acts in a criminal way that, that um, overlaps with Title IX, um, I'm kind of the hub to coordinate a potential response from campus safety or student life or maybe HR or uh, maybe the provost's office. You know, it really depends on what the situation is. But trying to coordinate all of that to make sure that we're covering all of our bases and that all parties concerned are um, are respectfully treated and, and that the college is doing its due diligence to, you know, investigate what happened and then have an appropriate response, whatever that may look like. You mentioned prevention, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think that the, that's a very interesting uh, part of that mm-hmm. job. That yeah. it, it, I think we've entered a new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Me yeah. Too thing mm-hmm. and all that sort of has sort of changed how people think about mm-hmm. uh, sexual harassment right. and, and all those things mm-hmm. that are attendant to that. How has that mm-hmm. made the job easier or harder? Um, you mean the the whole kind of explosion of Me Too? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think a, a number of things. Um, you know, with Me Too, I think sometimes there may be a misperception that, oh, everyone's on their best behavior now and these things aren't going to happen anymore. I can tell you unequivocally that's not the case. Um, you know, but I think that's just some wishful thinking. So, you know, even though I think the Me Too movement has, has drawn really needed attention to a lot of these issues. And I hope that that continues. There are still issues that come up, still still incidents that happen that we need to address. Um, and I think I, another thing I, I think with the Me Too movement, it, in my experience, both prior to working here and then since working here, I think it has helped some people um, have the courage to come forward, mm. whereas maybe if it were five years ago, maybe they wouldn't. I, I think people feel like, okay, well, other people have spoken out or or reported something. Maybe I can too. They may still be really scared to do so. You know, the, these issues sometimes are very scary to deal with and intimidating to deal with. Um, but I think it has given some people courage who perhaps otherwise wouldn't have had that courage in the past. So I think that's a positive improvement, positive change. Okay. So um, I I guess down to the nitty gritty, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously there are things that occur on a college campus Mm -hmm. that occur on every college campus Uh and have probably occurred on college campuses for, you know, hundreds, well, I don't know about hundreds of years, but a long long time. time. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So if if somebody thinks that there's a situation Mm -hmm. and maybe they're a victim of Uh that, what should they be doing? Yeah, great question. Um, So uh, they... You know, oftentimes people will reach out to their friend, friends and support people or their family first. You know, we certainly encourage that. The more support someone has after something negative happens, the better. Um, and then if they would like to come forward and report it, they uh, can come find me. My office is located in Humanities 25. I'm on the lower level of that building, the side of the building that faces the creek. And um, so I have kind of typical business hours there, kind of Monday through Friday, typical business hours, but I'm also happy to make an appointment if someone could only come talk to me in the evening. I'm certainly happy to, to schedule with that with them. So they can stop by my office or they could call me. My phone number is 717-815-1440. So 815-1440. Or they can email me at Title 9 and that's T-I-T-L-E 
IX, so it's title and then the Roman numeral nine at ycp.edu. Um, and you can, you know, call me or email me. Um, I don't recommend that you give me a lot of details in that initial email or phone call. It's just, you know, scheduling a time to sit down and meet with me. And then also, if someone is nervous to come talk and report something, they're absolutely, um, absolutely able um, to bring a support person with them. I've had a few students who've brought their parent, a parent with them, which is absolutely fine if you want to bring a roommate or your RA or just another friend or, or support person, you can bring them with, with you if you want. Some people come on their own and that's fine too, but I always like to let people know that they, um, they can, uh, you know, have a support person with them if they want to. And then, um, We'll talk about what happened. Normally, I let them know before they share any, uh, disclose anything with me, kind of let them know some of the parameters of my job. I let people know that I'm a mandated reporter, as are mm. most most employees on the campus, so that if uh, a student who is under the age of uh, 18, if they report anything that could potentially constitute potential child abuse, since I'm a mandated reporter, I would be obligated uh, according to state law, to report that to certain authorities. So I let people know that in advance. Now, most of our students are over, over 18, 18, so that doesn't come into play. But out of in you know, for the for the sake of full disclosure, I want people to know that in advance. The other thing that I always try to educate people about before they disclose anything is that if someone reports something to me that impacts the ongoing safety of a larger college community, or it if there's something that in some way perhaps campus safety needs to address immediately or someone else in leadership here on campus has to address immediately, there may be other actions taken that even that person doesn't particularly like. So again, you know, I, I try to explain kind of the scope of my job and help people understand that I have a responsibility not only to that individual who speaks with me, but also to the larger college community, and and most importantly, uh, in terms of campus safety and community safety. Now, having said that, I also let people know if anything I tell them when I first you know explain all of that, if anything kind of freaks them out and they said, oh, <laughs> they say, oh, I'm not sure I want to you know continue with this conversation. They can stop. They can stop. I completely respect that. I will not force them to. Tell tell me anything. I will not force them to continue that conversation. But what I would do then is direct them to on-campus and off-campus other other sources of support. Um, There are a few offices on campus where people can report things confidentially that uh, they include um, any, your college clergy, uh, your college um, health services, and your college counseling department. Now, keep in mind, all of those individuals are still mandated reporters. So if something, someone is under seven, under 18 and there's potential child abuse, they still have to report that to authorities. If someone's over 18, that's not an issue. Um, and But short of that, those three on-campus entities can talk to people confidentially and they whatever is told to them stays in confidence with the exception of if there were imminent danger to self or others that someone might might disclose um the other um other thing i like to do is tell people about off-campus resources um you know we have some other agencies in york that can help people whether they are are what we call the claimant or the respondent but there are other sources sources of support in case someone wants to go off campus and feels more comfortable doing that so part of my role is to kind of explain my role and uh kind of 
my obligations and then give them options about what they want their next steps to be. Do they want to continue the conversation with me or do they want to talk to someone else? And that's absolutely fine. It's really up to that individual. Yeah. Holly Mareels, thank you very much. You are the uh, York College Title IX coordinator. How can people get in touch with you again, just in case? Absolutely. Um, I'm in Humanities 25. It's a lower level of the Humanities building. My phone number is 815-1440. And my email address is Title IX, that's T-I-T-L-E-I-X at Y-C-P dot E-D-U. So if you have any concerns or you just want to ask some hypothetical questions or where something is happening and you're not quite sure what to do about it or who to report it to, I'm happy to have have some hypothetical conversations with you. And, and if I'm not the right person to help, I'm certainly happy to, to point you in, in another direction of, of someone else on campus who can help. Holly, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs weekly on Mondays and Fridays at nine o'clock. Public Affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the Executive Director of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for this in-depth look at the York College community.